Welcome to Afternoon at the Museum, a production of iRedTech Corp. With your host, Stephanie Watts. Hello, everyone. I am Janine Stanley, Ira's Explorer Community Manager, welcoming you to Afternoon at the Museum. And today we are going to have the first in a two-part series of, again, another often asked for museum, and that is the American Jazz Museum. And today, before I turn it over to your host, Stephanie Watts, and Agent Caleb, I want to say thank you to Ryan Bishop, our YouTube guy behind the scenes. No, thank you. Happy to be here, and I'm excited for this museum. I've looked forward to it. So, So, I also wanted to make a couple um, really short announcements. This is the first in a two-part series, and then we'll be taking a little bit of a break, but we will have a Kwanzaa special toward the end of December. So stay tuned for that one, and then we'll start Afternoon at the Museum again in January with some really fun museums coming up. So... Without further ado, I will introduce Miss Stephanie Watts to look at the American Jazz Museum. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm excited. Um, before we get going, I want to just ask you, Ryan, one more time. Am I okay? I, I had yet another uh, technical, shall we say, hiccup. So can nope, you hear you me? You are okay? loud and clear. You're good oh, okay. to go. All righty. Well, didn't say so on my end, but that's okay. <laughs> that's why I love jazz because it relaxes me <laughs> and hopefully everybody else. So Caleb, where are we in terms of the museum, front door, courtyard? Okay. How does that look? All right. So when you first go into the building, so the uh, the Jazz Museum is actually located in the same uh, kind of building complex as the Negro League Baseball Museum. Okay. Um, so, so when you walk into it, it's uh, it's called the Horace M. Peterson III Visitor Center. Okay. Um, and so on the left is the Jazz Museum. On the right uh, is the NLBM. And then so going forward, clicking into the Jazz Museum, there's a there's a desk at the front. Um, the, the lettering for, for jazz, it's, it's, um, it's kind of like, uh, uh, if you were to clip the letters from different, different sources, different media. So each letter has its own kind of font. They're different colors. Um, there's, it's, uh, bright, bright greens and purples and oranges, um, that kind kind of make it up. It's a very, very jazzy, eclectic kind of sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going past that, there is a uh, brick facade that leads to a hallway. Like for me, it, it kind of is reminiscent of walking into like a jazz club or like a okay. nightclub or something like that. Like the New York Blue Note kind of jazz experience. Yeah. Maybe. And so and so there's like a long, long hallway on the right side of the hallway. There is a quote by Duke Ellington. It says jazz is based on the sound of our native heritage. It is an American idiom with African roots, a trunk of souls with limbs reaching in every direction. Okay. That's on the wall there. And so continuing in uh, looks like, all right. So there's three different paths to, to choose here forward, actually forward and straight kind of leads into um, the same place. It's called Massey hall. And then to the left, uh, 
looks like a, a little exhibit. I'll go ahead and check that out first. Cause okay. yeah. So this looks like um, there is a little uh, like viewing room. So there's several, several benches that are, are in a, in a rough circle in, in the middle of the room on one side, there is a projector screen that says John H Baker jazz film collection. Um, And then there is a room leading off to the right that looks like it's like a children's room. It's got, uh, it's super brightly covered colored on the floor. It's got a, uh, uh, a rug that teaches you how to do the Lindy hop. There's, there's places for kids to do uh, like photos and cutouts and in faces. So it looks like this kind of nook of the museum is, is mostly for children. They probably, it looks like uh, I saw on the, um, on the main website that they do different like art programs and music programs with kids. And so this looks <laughs> like the area that they do that in. Okay. So I'll go back out to the main exhibit hall. All right. So entering in, there's a big sign that says Massey Hall. And it's got a um, a picture of a man. He is not, not labeled. Um, he is, I would assume, Massey. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> He's got a he's got a saxophone, and then in front of him there is a little display case. Uh, the display case has a photo in the back that uh, it looks like it's actually several photos. There's a photo of Bud Powell, one of Charles Mingus, Max Roach, and Dizzy Gillespie. And then there's another quote by Dizzy Gillespie. It says, "Just prior to going on the bandstand, we decided what we're going to play on that particular concert. So it was pure spontaneity." That's the thing about that date. So it was pure spontaneity. It was like, okay, we'll rehearse two or three hours here. We just went on stage and things began to happen. Do they actually have a date for that? Yeah, that is Cool Blues 79. That was 1979. It doesn't have a mm-hmm. specific date. Um, but in that little display case, there is a, uh, a saxophone that is kind of center point. There are, um, there are two albums there's jazz at mouse massey hall and then there is charlie parker with strings then there is a sign looks like it's like a a bill sign from a concert it says jazz festival dizzy gillespie charlie parker bud powell max rose roach and charles mingus is five cnc all-star 17 piece orchestra led by graham topping massey hall tonight at 8 30 p.m tickets now at all agents and premiere and i can't make out that word the last mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and there's actually okay here here's the date of the concert there's actually to the left of the display there is an information panel Mm-hmm. It says the concert on May 15th, 1953, Charlie Parker, trumpeter Dizzy Gillespie, pianist Bud Powell, bassist Charles Mingus, and drummer Max Roach played Toronto's Masty Hall. This performance is considered to be one of the greatest in jazz history. The plastic saxophone before you is the one used by Parker at that concert. Wow. So, I did, I, yeah, I didn't even realize. Like, wow. I, it, um, so the the saxophone it's 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 white and so yeah i I guess it it is plastic with like kind of brass um elements to it okay uh so so i'm assuming the keys would be brass the saxophone itself would be the white maybe or yes yeah like the actual Mm -hmm. like horn itself Mm -hmm. is, is white um it looks 
Yeah, it looks like it's like a blend of of brass and plastic, or it's like a um, where they'll put like a shiny coat on plastic. But it looks <laughs> looks brass. Um, the the uh, the buttons themselves are actually white, like plastic. But the the um, like the flaps that go over the the openings that the buttons mm-hmm. open up, those are brass. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Uh, moving on. On the right-hand side of the room, uh, there is a an audio station. And this is one of the things I noticed that was neat about the museum was uh, all over the uh, museum, there's there's these audio stations that have uh, different, different sounds and music and stuff that mm-hmm. are related to different topics. There's a, a device that puts the sound down direct, you know, so if you're if you're three feet away you can't you can't hear it this one particular says during the prohibition era of the 1920s and 30s kansas city had nearly round the clock music and dancing in its many clubs and dance halls within these energized african-american musicians developed in or with within these energized surroundings african-american musicians developed innovative blues and jazz of great excitement and integrity. This music of Kansas City set new standards of artistry. And then it looks like there are eight different buttons and there's eight pages there. So it looks like eight different songs. And um, I can't zoom in fully far far enough to, to make it out, but it looks like lyrics on one side and then like a mm-hmm. either quote or you know, a little mm-hmm. description on, on the other side. So that would be a cool thing if people were wanting to use the museum promotion. That's that's something that they could take part yeah, in. Yeah. So you if you were live in person physically at the museum, you could listen in on the listening stations. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. there's there's several of them. Just in this one room, uh just spinning the view around, I can see four. Okay. Um and, and they don't tell you what what they actually are. In terms of songs and lyrics, they just are. It doesn't like the uh, panels just kind of show like the general right. general okay. topic. Very cool. Uh, like here's another one here. Let's see if I can get the camera to where I can read it. So because of this kind of view, we have the uh, audience um, participants who can see are able to really see this room and see all the things you would. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's almost like it's almost like Google Maps Street View. Um, no. So you okay. can kind of click around and then you can uh, it's like a 360 view. So mm-hmm. you can progress your view along um, mm-hmm. and then look around and then you can zoom in. Uh, here's here's one. Uh, it's next to a display that says Armstrong Aquaba, Aquaba. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's a panel that says Innovation. Mm-hmm. Or innovator rooted mm-hmm. in the spirituals and blues of african-american culture lewis armstrong used his artistry to create jazz and original american music that express african-american thoughts and feelings as the first great jazz soloist armstrong amazed listeners with his instrumental virtuosity and his stylistic innovations wow. paved way the he paved paved the way for future musicians and mm-hmm. then i can i can read um at least one of the titles in this one, like, cause the, the book is open. It has eight as well. Uh, Ain't misbehaving by Louis. Okay. Armstrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to well, the right, the display has a bunch of 
bunch of different photographs with with captions. The captions are a little little blurry through this feed, um, but there there's a f- photo of Louis Armstrong in um, looks like with Richard Nixon. Uh, not mm-hmm. not positive, um, <laughs> but it's a it's a, a white man in a suit, um, slick back hair. Okay. Uh, there's Armstrong, like in the in the middle of looks like a, um, uh, like a orchestra band. There's a guy with a trombone. I see a uh, um, tuba. There's person on drums that are kind of like marching drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's the only uh, he's the only black man in the photo. It's all 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 white guys. And it says in the back there's a sign that says Armstrong. Yeah, I can't. I can't make out, out mm-hmm. the rest of it, okay. but but it's a very jovial scene. Like Armstrong's mm-hmm. got like a huge smile on his face. All the and they look like younger guys, mm-hmm. um, and they all seem really excited to be there. Uh, there is a picture of Armstrong playing the trumpet in front of the Sphinx. There is a uh, like a playbill. It says Satchmo the Great, the world's ambassador of jazz. Um, Mm-hmm. Starring Louis Armstrong and Edward Murrow, I believe. Mm-hmm. There are there is a album cover, Ambassador Satch. There is a a book that's or looks like a book. It says Jazz Films. It could be a VHS, but it looks like it might be too thin. And what does that album cover actually look like? Yeah, I mean, it, it is, is there a description? Sure thing. It is a uh, white black background. It's like. Um, solid white and then in the center of the of the album is a black and white photo uh of armstrong like in a in a three-piece suit it's in the mm-hmm. suit has tails and he's carrying a briefcase mm-hmm. and across his head it says ambassador satch and it looks like it's looks like it's in pink lettering mm-hmm. and then the upper right there is uh some kind of like um, studio mark. It says LP in pink. Okay. All right. And this is still in this first exhibit room. We haven't even gotten outside and this is already rich with a lot of interesting information. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's several rooms kind of branching from this one, but yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's a bunch more exhibits like oh my gosh you'd have to turn me away from the the louis armstrong stuff i know (laughs) here's one on charlie parker i can read that if you guys would like uh i i if you can maybe share a couple of more names and then we can yeah here let's i'm gonna go around to the other side because what i'm wondering is if the museum uh, mostly has the older musicians from the bebop era or do we move forward from there to contemporary jazz um yeah let's see I'll, because I'll, it's all good i'll progress yeah. further into all right here's a room that um it looks like it's it's kind of geared toward towards teaching kind of the musical aspects of jazz mm-hmm. there's there's different panels and stations around around the room it's a semicircular shaped room on one wall there are excuse me there are desks that have like an interactive panel mm-hmm. and then on the other wall there are like little little booths they look like listening stations mm-hmm. so when you first come in the first panel says harmony 
And then underneath it, it says harmony refers to the sounding of two or more notes at the same time. It is used to support and enhance the melody. Harmony can be created by a single instrument or by several different instruments playing together. And then there's a, a interactive panel that says it takes years for musicians to develop their playing skills. Even so, you can get a taste of what it's like to perform jazz by trying this program. Sit in the sit as sit in as the pianist in a four-part band, four-piece wow. band playing Django. You'll mm -hmm. control how the harmony sounds. And then there is a panel that has five five buttons underneath and five buttons to the left. Uh, the buttons underneath control are are like selector buttons that control um different settings like in a in a in a column so the mm -hmm. first one says original and or harmony so you can switch between original and har harmony mm -hmm. second button control says stylized harmonic or rhythm fourth one counter melody tune to create or harmony mm -hmm. fourth one says sparse chords or can't quite make out that word mm -hmm. uh, and then the last one is reharmonies, chord, or progressions. So this would be, I, I can't imagine how much fun this would be in person. So I got, I've got to put this on my museum bucket list. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you kind of be, <laughs> you kind of be mixing the music or uh, mm -hmm. selecting music real time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the next little station is called Thinking in Jazz. Mm -hmm. Uh, it says jazz is a musical language and group performance can be thought of as a musical conversation by using a shared vocabulary of phrases, compositional forms, performance principles, and knowledge of traditions. Individual musicians can come together as a band to improvise and expand on each other. And then it says in the mix, a jazz record is greatly affected by technology at this mixing station. You can play the role of an audio engineer working on a recording of uh, fables of Phobos. Uh You'll be able to determine each of the six instruments, volume, stereo positioning, and room sound. And so then it looks like, looks like that is actually a touchscreen display on that one. Mm -hmm. Not like the physical buttons on that mm -hmm. one. And they have two of those stations. And then there's another touchscreen in the middle that says listening to jazz. And there's headphones next to it. Uh, it says like a little listening station. Mm -hmm. And also on these panels, there's there's quotes. I can read those as well. There's one for, on this one. There's one from oh, yes. Milt Hinton and Joe Jones. Milt Hinton says, what makes a great jazz man is experience. Unless you've had experience and lived, what could you have to say on your instrument? And then Joe Jones says, all jazz musicians express themselves through their instruments and express the type of person they are, the experience they've had during the day, during the night before, and during their lives. So because we have the privilege of IRA agents at the ready, if I was standing in this museum, I would go run back over to the Charlie Parker exhibit. And then I'd probably want to run over to Sarah Vaughn and Ella Fitzgerald, Duke Ellington. <laughs> Janine, jump in. If you, if you have one of these, oh, you'd oh, want you're, us to run to. All my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> because there's just so much here. I mean, this is amazing that, that we haven't even scratched the surface. But so, so yeah, let's, let's go back over to Charlie Parker. Okay. Uh, on the way to go over there, I, I mm -hmm. discovered an exhi exhibit in a hall. That, uh -oh. In the hall that's pretty cool. Um, it's an exhibit on cover photography. 
Oh, uh, it okay. says over the years, many accomplished photographers have chronicled the jazz scene. You see their work throughout the museum in the 1940s, 50s and 60s. Several of these artists sold their works to rep- record companies for album covers like the artists. They photographed their styles had distinct personalities. Compare, for instance, Robert Berenson's contemplative portrait of Charles Mingus on East Coasting with Herman Leonard's playful picture of Dizzy Gillespie on Dizzy in Grace or in Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, I will find those two. All right, I see East Coasting. So the East Coasting is a cover, right? Yeah, it's a it's okay. a cover. Um, it's a, a grayscale photo. It's of a of a man. He's got a um, upright base. It looks like in a case strung over his left shoulder. He's got his hands in his pocket, and he is looking. He's he's kind of at an angle from the can camera uh, uh he's kind of angled back into the left so he's looking to the right slightly at camera he's looking dead at camera and then in the background uh it looks like he's 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 on the on a coast coastline because there's like water in the background there's mm-hmm. some kind of like platform in the water uh but on the far side i can see it looks like like mountains or hills so it looks like some kind of bay mm-hmm. okay uh, and then I haven't seen the Dizzy Gillespie in Greece yet. And we're going to say a big hello to Wayne, who is a musician in our audience, who is listening. Hello and there. He's a jazz musician himself. So All right. Nice. And an Ira Explorer. In fact, Wayne has written a great jazz song about Ira. Oh, yeah. I, I'm familiar <laughs> nice. with it. It's great. Is that uh, on our uh, Ira channel? Hope, hope, YouTube channel? You know, it should be. Um, Wayne has it on his YouTube channel. We'll have to get a link to it and put that okay. video uh, link to that for our channel. Right. Uh, here's another info panel on cover design. It says, uh-huh. perhaps even more than original art and photography, the look of a jazz album cover was determined by its design. The cover's layout, color palette, and typography. The best designers, who often went uncredited, managed to both create a product that attracted potential buyers and capture the spirit of the music within Look at the splashy color used in Emmett McBain's cover for The Magic of Sarah Vaughn or the elegant, bold design of Sketches of Spain. Mm-hmm. So, uh, The Magic of Sarah Vaughn, uh, it's, a, it's like a uh, fuchsia background. And then the, uh, the center of the, of the album, it stretches all the way to, to the right, is a sketch of a, of a person. Uh, they've... It, and basically it's just the eyebrows, the eyes and the nose. Oh. Um, and it looks like just like a really quick rough sketch. Um with this fuchsia background. Yeah, with a fuchsia background mm-hmm. and then at the top it says the magic of Sarah Vaughn and each uh each word is on its own own line and they're all kind of off center of each other. Mm-hmm. Um except for Sarah Vaughn is is all one line and then magic has like a um uh so the of and Sarah Vaughn are all like a, a off white yellow color. And then magic is blue and white, like kind of alternating M is blue. Mm-hmm. Very nice. A is white. And then at the very bottom, it says high fidelity in like uh, block outline letters. And then mm-hmm. custom is written kind of over the high fidelity, like in between the two. Um, Mm -hmm. slightly overlapping them and that's in like a white script Mm -hmm. these would be great to have on a wall you know the if if these covers could be had 
Oh yeah. No, I mean, and the, the effect of, cause I mean, there's, there's a good 20 to 30, you know, albums here. And so the effect of them all kind of together, uh, cause mm-hmm. it's all different colors. Some are black and white, you know, some there's a bright, bright orange one from Dizzy Gillespie, uh, mm-hmm. that has like a, um, it's got a trumpet, but the trumpet has like almost, uh, African designs on it you know it's mm-hmm. got kind of kind of looks like like you would see on a, on a drum like an African drum and mm-hmm. then where the uh the horn is there's there's like a half face kind of looking out Ooh. Over oh top, gosh, got... I remember that album cover I know I've seen that before when I had mm-hmm. vision growing up I remember seeing that <laughs> album cover <laughs> that's awesome very striking absolutely it is it's very very bold it sticks out mm-hmm. um I can keep describing these or I can keep, I can go on. It's up to y'all. Well, we'll go back over to Charlie Parker and then right. maybe uh, hit uh, one of the ladies of jazz. All right. And we do have actually a link for Wayne's uh, YouTube video. And what we'll do whenever we have this as a podcast, we'll go ahead and put that link in the show notes for everybody. So you can take a look at that and we'll link to it in our, uh, our YouTube channel here. Nice. Huh. I'm looking for And I know one of the oh, album covers that I remember as a kid was Dinah Washington's September in the Rain. And I love that album cover because oh. it looked like there were two people under an umbrella and the water and the rain was reflecting off of everything. So it looked like they were standing on water. It was the coolest photography ever. It was really neat. Uh, okay, Caleb, time to scramble. All right, I we think I have to find that one. <laughs> All right, here's uh, here's a display that says Charlie Parker Bird. It's got three albums on it. One says B Bebop Jazz. One says Savoy Presents Bebop and New Sounds in Modern Music. There's a quote next to it from Buddy DeFranco. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from Celebrating Bind, page twelve says he was a deep extremely knowledgeable person though self-taught his technique was just perfect as though he had years of schooling he's the only person in jazz who's influenced the entire world of jazz every bit of it mm. and then wow. let's go around to the other side see if there's more information over there no not there all right in in the late 1930s and early 1940s, a group of African-American musicians met nightly in Harlem at jam sessions where they experimented with and refined their innovative approach to jazz. Later labeled bebop and modern jazz, their music combined extended harmonic voices and voicings and melodic approaches with new styles of phrasing, often at fast tempos. And that is a listening station as well. I bet it is. <laughs> uh, I saw yeah. there was an exhibit someone passing while i was looking for that sometimes it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. well and i i, I don't think going. i'm helping caleb because i i keep trying to move you here and move you there oh, good. but, but um, it's so I, I just want to just interject for everybody it's so <laughs> easy to do this when you have ira agents um you can visit one of these places on your own or with a group of friends or family members and have ira in your ear while you know, you're walking through, so you're not as dependent on others to describe because they may mean well. But when IRA agents describe, you you see the richness of the description from them. So Absolutely. I appreciate you, Kayla, <laughs> for letting me move you over one way and another and another. 
Oh, I'm happy to do it. I'm, I'm, I love museums. Uh, all right. So I found a Ella Fitzgerald exhibit. Okay. There's a quote from Duke Ellington says Ella Fitzgerald is a great philanthropist. She gives so generous of her talent, generously of her talent, not Mm -hmm. only to the public, but to the composers who, whose work she performs. Uh, There's a listening station that says vocal tradition says the roots of jazz singing can be found in African vocal traditions and in such African-American music as spirituals, field hollers, work songs, and blues. In jazz, voices are used as instruments and instruments as voices. Singers, like instrumentalists, must be creative and innovative while conveying sincere feelings and emotions. Uh, Then to the left-hand side of that, there is an exhibit that looks like it... um, has some different i can't quite zoom in on all of the uh placards that kind of describe them but in the center the centerpiece is a um is a dress it's like a a full length long sleeve dress and Mm -hmm. it it's it's like shimmery it it has several different colors um and they're in vertical stripes uh so you've got you got Vertical stripes, and then as they're going down, the colors alternate silver, gold, um, bronze, silver, gold, bronze, like kind mm-hmm. of kind of back and forth. But they're not um, the the horizontal lines of the colors are not like um, solid lines like they're 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 jagged. So mm-hmm. so some of the vertical strips, of different colors like are higher some are lower so it creates like a, a jagged effect and so mm-hmm. um it it just makes it look like the light is constantly catching it in different ways even when it's still would you would you say it was a multicolored shimmery zebra-esque kind of pattern <laughs> um not i wouldn't say zebra, not zebra. um not, it's not more a- more kind of like um in my head like i think of uh like geological layers. Oh, okay. You know? And okay. so like there's, there's strata. Mm-hmm. And, and so it kind of like just. What a beautiful uh, image. It's going up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Janine, can you picture strata? That, that <laughs> so goes with her voice too. That's yeah. Just, I can just see those two just together in the performance. Oh man. Mm. Uh, to the right, there is a, looks like an album cover. It says the world's greatest jazz, or it might be a playbill. Uh, it says the world's greatest jazz Norman's, looks like Norman's gang at the Philharmonic. Uh, it's mm. got Ella Fitzgerald, Oscar Peterson, Flip Phillips, Roy Eldridge, Ray Brown, Gene Krupa, Illinois Jacket, Lester Young, Bill Harris, Hayne Jones. And uh, from the angle that it is, it says 1950 something. I can't make out the last number. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's okay. a sign that says Ella Duke. Uh, Herman Grants presents for the first time in one concert, the greatest voice in the greatest orchestra in jazz. There's a picture of Ella uh, standing. She's in She's in a red dress, uh, real reminiscent of like the, the Jackie Kennedy dress. She even has like kind of the um, circular circular mm-hmm. cap. But this this one's red. It's got long sleeves and she's standing next to a convertible uh, that has red seats and the, the driver's door is open. Mm-hmm. So and what color is the actual car? Is it also red? Or? Uh, I can't. It's, it's not red. Um, I can't be sure uh, just because of the shading. It looks mm-hmm. it looks to be be like a, a green. Mm-hmm. 
like a like a but it also just could be be kind of the color but mm-hmm. uh then okay. to the left there is a poster uh it says ella fitzgerald joe pass the paul smith trio two weeks only beginning january 22nd westwood playhouse and it's actually signed uh it says poor ella fitzgerald and this looks like sun it's it's uh kind of illegible script I, mm-hmm. I can't quite make it out but then it looks like there's there's numbers yeah. under underneath it says six six two eight five seventy okay um and then at the top of the the poster there is a like a sketch drawing and it says ella to the left and then the sketch is of a woman but it's very very simplistic like the the head uh, so it's just a head and breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a single line starts at like the base of the, uh, the back of the head, the base of the head mm-hmm. uh, goes up and it's in profile. So you see the profile go over the side of the head. You see the nose, you see the top lip and the mouth is open and there are um, like kind of lines coming from the mouth. Mm-hmm. It goes down the chin neckline and then the same line, uh, forms like two two breasts and then it in the line ends about where the shoulder would be and then there's also just like kind of a um just like real real curly um like kind of hastily drawn spirals that Mm. uh are for the hair okay so a little quick sketch of her yeah Mm -hmm. um on the right side there's a bunch of different memorabilia and info panels uh or yeah there's memorabilia photos uh, first one says, Reaching for the Moon. Ella Fitzgerald's dream of becoming a dancer and singer sustained her through tough times. She was orphaned at age 15. In 1934, Ella decided to try her luck at an amateur night contest in Harlem. When stage fright, for, stage fright prevented her from dancing as planned, she sang instead. The audience's enthusiasm encouraged her to compete in more contests. Her fame grew, and in 1935, at the age of 17, Fitzgerald was hired by Chick Webb or- Orchestra. Um, there's another one that says stairways to the stars ella fitzgerald's work with drummer chick webb and his orchestra catapulted her her into the national limelight the orchestra's late 1930s hit recordings of a tisket a tasket flatfoot flugie and my last affair featured her outstanding singing and helped establish ella as one of the greatest vocalists of the swing era when Webb died in 1939 she became the orchestra's leader a rare opportunity for an african-american woman so she became the orchestra leader, you say, in 1939? Yes, 1939, she became the leader. So that, I think, would have made her 21 or so? Um, wow. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's amazing. That is amazing. She was the first lady of jazz. As mm-hmm. modern jazz expanded in the 1940s, so did Ella Fitzgerald's musical brilliance. She responded to bebop with a style of scat singing that rivaled the top jazz instrumentalists and earned the respect of musicians and fans alike. Her mm-hmm. work over the next 40 years, including the famous songbook recordings, clearly illustrated the incredible range of her talent. Her vocal wizardry and rapport with the audience led her to be known as the first lady of jazz. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. She actually has two listening stations in her little alcove. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely love her album with Louis Armstrong. Mm -hmm. I think she's got a couple of them, actually. 
with Louis Armstrong. They're incredible if you mm -hmm. get to listen to those. And then there's several several different photos. They're they're captioned. Um, uh, there's one here. It looks like it's Fitzgerald, and I think it says Charlie Parker. I'm not not positive, but Fitzgerald mm -hmm. has a microphone in her hand. Uh, she's got like a big, um, like kind of feathered feathered cap. It's like a big big poof like mm -hmm. on her head. Uh, she has a dress on that looks like it is. Uh, it's like embroidered, embroidered and bejeweled. It's got mm. like like triangles and lines on it. And the man in the background is is looking at her while she's singing, just like with a it. It kind of looks, kind of looks like he's like, oh, you're singing, like you know, like oh, you're doing it, like like that kind of look. It's, 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 it's there's a little bit of shock and kind of. Um, uh, <laughs> incredulity okay on his face <laughs> uh, that's beautiful so maybe with the time left we can move over to um possibly sarah vaughn uh i haven't seen her yet i will see if i can find her because i think there's like a whole another floor that i'm sure touch. i'm sure and I will give everybody, well, we're moving over there. I'll give everybody the website, the specific URL for these exhibits. Oh, and they are part of what the Jazz Museum is calling their at-home uh, set. And it's for those of us who are now trapped again due to the pandemic um, <laughs> at home and are looking for something really interesting to check out. And that is AmericanJazzMuseum.org slash JZM, I'm sorry, AJM, AJM at home, all one word. So the letters A is in Alpha, J is in Juliet, M is in Mary, at home, A-T-H-O-M-E. And there you can see this virtual tour that Caleb is walking us through and what we'll go over in our next episode, which we'll tell you about at the end here. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. Thank I you. I haven't found her yet. I found well, um Yeah, let's see who else we have. I found the the Louis Armstrong um like dedicated exhibit. He was mentioned earlier. Yes, um, let's let's yes, let's listen to that. He's also got two listening stations. Um of course. The first one is labeled the Ambassador. It says Louis Armstrong, also known as Satchmo, shortened from Satchel Mouth. His childhood nickname was widely recognized as a cultural cultural ambassador of goodwill. Armstrong toured dozens of foreign countries, often with sponsorship from the U.S. Department of State. His spirited music and vibrant personality came to symbolize American vitality for fans everywhere. And to the right of that, there is a display that has one of his trumpets. Okay. Um, and there's a quote from... Frank Marshall Davis says, as for me personally, nothing in all jazz has topped hearing Louis Armstrong's challenge the world with his defiant horn back in the late 1920s and early 1930s, distilling the meaning of black, black in, sh oh, in sharps and flats in a way he was incapable of telling it by words and actions or actions. Mm -hmm. And then to the left of that, there's several photos. There's, um, one of him uh, is close up on his face. His uh, face is kind of contorted. His lips are pursed, and he's blowing into the trumpet. 
Um, there's another one where he's standing and singing uh, in front of a, a microphone. His hands are kind of outstretched to his side. His head is stre- stretched back. You know, his mouth is wide open, like he's clearly mm-hmm. fully in it. Yeah. Uh, there is another one where he is uh, in a suit. He's looking to looking down the camera as he kisses a trumpet. <laughs> And then there's another one where he is, it's a profile of him looking to the right and he is tying a tie. There is another one where he, it's cut off. It looks like he's standing in front of some awards, perhaps. Um, He's got kind of a a forced smile on his face. He's looking off to the right. And then there's another, it looks like a, a concert performance. Like he's, he's standing out front and then i can see a couple orchestra members behind him Uh, the other listening station says louis armstrong grew up in the turn of the century new orleans new orleans surrounded by the music of the city's busy african-american community by the age of 17 he was performing on mississippi river excursion boats and in many new orleans cabarets louis spent the 20s in chicago and new york honing improvisations that would set a new standard for jazz and then there are uh, several like info panels and let's see if I can. All right, there's one. It doesn't look like I'm gonna be able to mm-hmm. angle that. Oh, I might be able. All right, it says Crescent Crescent City Origins Origins. Uh, Louis Armstrong was born on August fourth, nineteen oh four. It looks like it's a little blurry in New Orleans, mm-hmm. a city rich in African American music and culture, an important an important city. Early center of jazz, New Orleans, New Orleans produced Armstrong many or provided Armstrong many opportunities to hear brass bands, music singers, gospel choirs, church spirituals. Can't read the next one and bands and street musicians. Okay. Early on in his performance career, Lewis was influenced by legendary local musicians, Joe King Oliver and looks like fate or Pate Morable Marble. Uh, next one says, leaving New Orleans, Louis Armstrong was called to Chicago in 1922 to work with Joe King Oliver's Creole Jazz Band. In 1924, Armstrong joined Fletcher's Henderson Orchestra and moved to New York. During his tenure with Henderson's Lewis, during his tenure with Lewis Henderson, Lewis's sense of swing contributed to spellbinding improvisations that expressed deep musical logic and powerful emotion. In 1925, Lewis uh, Louis returned to Chicago, where he made influential recordings in the Hot Five and the Hot Seven bands. Contribution? The magnitude of Louis Armstrong's musical contributions to the world of jazz music is overwhelming. He pioneered innovative approaches to improvisation, developed virtuoso techniques for trumpet and cornet, uh, defined new rhythmic and melodic devices, and gave jazz the soulful feeling known as swing. Louis also exposed the world to African-American vocal style known as scat singing. Transcending racial stereotypes, attitudes, and prejudices, Armstrong reached out to all of America and the world. So, Caleb, I have a question for you, because what you just read, you mentioned trumpet and cornet, cornet, the um, instrument. Is there a picture of both cornet and trumpet that you could describe for us? Uh I'm not familiar with the cornet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it to see. Yeah, if let's I know. let's do it. I mean, I okay, I heard of it, but I don't know what the difference is in terms of how they look. 
Okay, so appearance-wise, they're almost exa- almost identical. Here, I'm going to pull oh. that over so anyone looking can see. Um, <laughs> so the cornet is basically like a, uh, it looks like a squished-in trumpet. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's shorter. It's about two-thirds the size, like the length of a normal trumpet. Trumpet, okay. Maybe less keys. It says the cornet is a brass instrument similar to the trumpet, but distinguished by its con- conical bore, more compact shape, and mellower tone quality. The most common cornet is transposing instruments in, I think it's B flat, uh, though there is also a soprano cor- cornet in E flat and cornets in A and C. Mm-hmm. So when you guys are walking through the museum with family and friends and they're wondering, about the cornet you could just pop off with that <laughs> little tidbit on what that is like a superpower right Absolutely. <laughs> uh, here's a uh a little ad it says zulu social aid and pleasure club presents louis armstrong and his exquisite all-star band 1949 king zulu sunday february 27th 1949 booker mm-hmm. t washington auditorium and then mm-hmm. in the center, it's got a picture of Armstrong smiling mm-hmm. at the camera with his hand in the pocket, er, right hand in, in his pocket, left hand on a trumpet. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that would be the time of Mardi Gras uh, in New Orleans, that date uh-huh. in late February. Yeah. Quite possibly, yeah. So I'm curious to see if they have any information about the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, because that's like the quintessential New Orleans, mm. <laughs> New Orleans yes. jazz. It was it was leading up to Mardi Gras. So um, actual actual Mardi Gras, um, or I guess that's Tuesday. So so yeah, it was about that week. So Fat Tuesday mm-hmm. was March first that year. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow, that was mm-hmm. late that year. So Preservation Hall, do we have some information on that here in the beautiful Jazz Museum? Yeah, here in this awesome walkthrough. And, and you know, we have not even made it through, you know. <laughs> yeah. We've, part we've of only hit the exhibits that had people's names on it. There's other ones like this one says the early years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's got uh, information. There's one that says the Ellington Orchestra. The Duke mm-hmm. Ellington or- Orchestra was a sophisticated musical ensemble. Ensemble that made many consider that many consider beyond category. This orchestra demonstrated that the music commonly known as jazz could be lyrical, complex, and socially meaningful. Ellington's music expressed the full range of African American life experiences. His innovative arrangements and orchestrations contributed significantly to developing a broader con- conception of music as a medium of artistic expression. And then there's several pictures of Duke Ellington and his band. Um, there's one picture of Duke Ellington. He's in like um, pants and a blazer, slacks and a blazer, and he he is running from a group of women, <laughs> like young girls. Well, he was quite a handsome guy, as I recall seeing the picture. Oh, and he has he has a giant smile on his face while he's doing it. <laughs> really so, in all in all of the photos he has he has a really big smile like he's he's definitely yeah, had like a, a happy guy well yeah. maybe you know as as we approach um the conclusion of the show caleb 
you can just share with us, not to say it negatively, but all the things we've missed because there's just so much to see here in this yeah. particular part of the, I think it's the at-home area. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about just like, like, yeah, just, just the general, like what, what else is here? Yeah. Should so anyone uh, wish to explore on their own, what, what might they get? Yeah, a so there's of? the early years. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's another panel here. Oh, here's a Charlie Parker panel. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, uh, so it was the panel that like I, I had mentioned, it's a, uh, the audio panel that I, had mentioned I couldn't see. I found an angle that I can zoom in on it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it says Charlie Parker's contribution to jazz is truly outstanding. A gifted and original performer, he astounded listeners listeners with his fantastic techniques and transformed the basic elements of African American blues through harmonic and melodic innovations. Parker's brilliant and challenging compositions have become standards in the modern jazz repertoire. And then, um, and so then there's, there's a wall that has like, uh, info panels there. Um, here, let me, we can go now that I know where it is, we can (laughs) go back, um, in, in kind of the entryway, uh, Mm -hmm. like once you come, come from the hallway, there's, there's a big open room that has a, a grand piano in it. Um, and then above it kind of hanging from the ceiling, there's all kinds of like vintage neon signs uh, one says hotel street fox's tap room milton's tap room new orleans room cocktails dancing hot t- top hat grill pink door jazz here here's an exhibit titled the early years or the later years rather mm-hmm. we saw the early years there and so that looks more like modern Info panel from that says beyond category. According to his sister, sister Ruth, one of Duke Ellington's mottos was no boxes. His music transcended categories and he wore many musical hats, accomplished pianist, brilliant composer and imaginative arranger. Ellington did not like his music to be called jazz because he believed the term was too limiting. He often referred to his music as Negro folk music, drawing from such African American musical traditions as spirituals, work songs, and blues to create new orchestral colors and sounds. Um, one thing, that. one thing that like would be, uh, you know, better done in in person that is being being missed out in this tour is. All of the photos that I've mentioned or described, they all have info panels underneath them. Um, mm-hmm. This is the first one that I've actually been able to to read any of them. Um, so there's a picture here of Ellington. The bottom says Ellington wrote his first full length score, full length film score in 1959 for Anatomy of a Murder. He's shown here with Otto Priming, Priminger, the mm-hmm. the man's director. Um, and they're standing in front of a, a sign that says anatomy of a murder. The, the letters murder are, or the, the words are uh, transposed over like a black and white body. It, it's vaguely reminiscent of like a police police sketch outline, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's like blocks and pieces. Like it is not connected. Like the arm, there's arm body, the legs, they're all mm-hmm. separated. Um, uh, here's another one. Uh, here's one of Ellington. He's like flexing or he's, <laughs> he's smiling real big and he's flexing a, a record. 
uh, it says night, like kind of bending it. So it's crescent <laughs> shape. It says in 1942, Duke Ellington incorporated tempo music. One of the first musician owned publishing companies in this picture. Oh, zoomed. I accidentally click, clicked instead of dragging. Got to go back. I think you were going to have a that. big fan with Wayne here. <laughs> and while you were are going back there, um, Caleb, I want to let everybody know that you can indeed browse this particular exhibit and all of the others at the American Jazz Museum to your heart's content through the end of 2020 with our museum offer for the association of african-american museums of which the jazz museum is a member so mm -hmm. you can come in here and spend as long as your heart wants looking at yes. this stuff yes and the nice there are yeah on these pages too i believe there are some um playlists for spotify if you're a spotify uh, subscriber you can download these playlists and yeah, there's definitely like I mean, there's way more at the museum at home stuff than than just the virtual tour. There's yeah, there's just oh, yeah. an amazing amount of stuff here, and um, I, I I could spend as we always say with all the museums, I could just spend a day, <laughs> just easily Absolutely. a day or more in this this one. Absolutely. Well, in our last few minutes here, um, I wanted to let everybody know that the second part of this tour is going to be of their digital collection. And we may pop back over here to the to the uh, this particular part, the virtual tour again, too. And that will be on let me get my Braille calendar. Here it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that will be on <laughs> Friday, December the 4th. Can you believe it's going to be December no. already? Yes. Oh, Friday, December by the time the we 4th. Well, by the time we meet again, we will have had our virtual Thanksgiving dinners. Right. We will had will have had an opportunity to enjoy the games and enjoy each other's company virtually. Um, we'll be safe and able to return in two weeks and enjoy another museum. It's unbelievable that it's almost December of 2020. Yes. Yes. I just can't. I, I just. Yeah. It, and, yeah. You know, if you all are sitting around with your family and wondering, okay, we're really bored. What can we do? You know, some of us don't want to watch football. Well, I, I kind of think we might have found something. <laughs> Afternoon at the museum. Absolutely. Podcast, YouTube channel, Ira YouTube channel, you know, Agent Caleb with his great, awesome descriptions this Absolutely. beautiful museum with its 360 views, you know, and I hope for those who can see it, um, whether you're low vision, partial vision, or fully sighted, that you have appreciated what we've tried to bring today. And there's just no way in this one hour we could have covered it all. But um, through the beauty and magic of uh, Ira and what they do, it's, it's been really great to have had the description. Absolutely. And I want to thank you so much, Stephanie, for being the host of these programs. We so appreciate you taking us you on. You do such a good job. I got to give it out to you. Yeah. You, you do yeah. such a good job. So thank you. You, you all make it you, you make it easy. I mean, uh, technical <laughs> stuff is technical. I, I think what we have all learned in our new um, virtual Zoom world is 
tech happens. <laughs> I, think it be a I think I learned tech that way happens. before Zoom, but <laughs> I feel like so much more now. It's it's oh, yeah. it's exponential. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and but, finally, but we'll is, give a uh, giant thank you to our agent today, Caleb, and the other agents yay, that have joined yay. us. Oh, and happy we'll to be, be here. Us yeah. on our and send Caleb some some claps there, YouTube yeah, or Zoom folks. Claps. Send him some claps. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I didn't make anyone seasick. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think oh. so. Yeah. <laughs> This has been great. great. I have one quick question, Janine, if I can just jump in here. Um, Just just to whet up appetites. Caleb, have you noticed whether there's a gift shop here at the Jazz Museum? Uh, There was not one in the Jazz Museum proper, but outside um, there there was one. Here, I'll go back out there. Like in the main in the main lobby. In the um, main lobby. There is there is a gift shop there. Here, I can. It looks like I might actually be able to go around in it. Oh my gosh! Oh see, no, I'm it won't let me go you. fully in it, but I can zoom okay. in. I see, I see T-shirts. There's uh, some books, crossword. Looks like like specialized crossword puzzles. I see CDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like different artwork, keychains. Keychains, nice. Ooh, how fun! All I right, so musical. I see some doing gloves. Some, doing some Ira gift shopping. Postcards. Well, you know, Wayne wants the Louis Armstrong trumpet. That's what he wants. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wayne can play it, too. I'm with you there, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank, you. thank you all so much for joining us. And as I said, we'll be back again with more from the Jazz Museum. And uh, we will take a little break then for December. And we will come back with our Kwanzaa special between the uh, Christmas and New Year holidays when Kwanzaa is celebrated. So we're going to learn mm-hmm. all about that. Yes. And then in January, we're taken to the skies. So we'll hey. let, you all, uh, let you all guess what that is going to be. But it will be more fun. And I'm excited. we appreciate I can't your wait. support <laughs> at the museum. Yes. yes. <laughs> Everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. As a bonus, we bring you The Explorer by Wayne Percy. <laughs> guys through kind of the experience of being an explorer through music. So you're going to hear, um, for those of you in the room, there's a couple of you who use Ira as well as myself, you're going to hear the Ira ringtone that you get when you call in quoted numerous times <laughs> and in numerous ways. Um, and the piece takes you through um, a, a series of moods and textures and colors to really depict um, the, the, uh, the the experience of being an explorer. So the first part starts with you calling in, getting your destination on the map, all that sort of thing, getting your agent uh, on the same page as you. The next part is a waltz, and that takes you through just the just the feeling of walking to a new place and how that feels and discovering new things along the way, which you may have not ever known about. New restaurants, new parks, new businesses of all types. Um, the next section is a recap of the theme, and that in that. Uh, symbolizes you possibly taking a wrong turn or, or Google misguiding you or your agent going, uh-oh, I messed you up, I've got to redirect you. Um, so you guys get back on the same page and then there's a second line section here at the end of the form which gives the listener, gives you guys the sense of how we feel once we've done something new and incredible with this amazing technology 
and once we reach our destination, we feel a sense of empowerment, and it's really, I have to say, from personal experience, it's quite breathtaking. So without further ado, the explorer.
This has been Afternoon at the Museum from Ira, a description of life. For more information about Ira, visit www.ira.io.